Listener production. Hello, welcome to The Briefing. Will they or won't they arrest Donald Trump? Could he actually go to jail? Will there be violent protests on the streets? Another riot? On the weekend, the former president announced on Truth Social that he was going to be arrested yesterday. Elon Musk reacted saying if Trump is arrested, then he'll be re-elected in a landslide. Well, turns out he wasn't arrested yesterday, but he still could be charged. So what is going on here? Are we all falling victim to the Trump hype machine again? In this episode, we're going to arm you with the important background on the Stormy Daniels investigation so you can cut through all the noise you'll be reading in the media over the next few days and weeks. First, today's headlines with Jan Fran. It is Thursday, the 23rd of March. Yeah, g'day, Tom. We're starting with a a pretty big development uh, in the voice to Parliament. So National Cabinet is expected to sign off today on the wording of a referendum question that is supposed to be happening this morning. So depending on when you're listening to this, you might have more information. This is after the Labor Party agreed to tweaks with the referendum working group. This is a group that includes a number of prominent Indigenous Australians. Also overnight, uh, Labor got the support of the Coalition for Legislation that sort of sets out how the referendum will happen. So some of the logistics. So, you know, things moving in a forward direction there. There's the question. There's the machinations all coming into place. Yeah, seems like finally they're getting some agreement and moving forward here because so far it's been arguments about detail and other parts of this referendum and it seemed like it was going nowhere. So it'll be really interesting to see what the wording is. Um, in their discussions with the opposition, there were debates around funding over yes and no cases. Mm. Ultimately, they've decided there will be a pamphlet that spells out both cases, but there won't be government funding for either side of the campaign. Yeah. And this is a stat that I think we've said here on the pod before, but I really like it. There've been 44 referendums in Australia since 1901, but only eight have been successful. And I'm going to keep repeating that statistic until we have the referendum. Not sure if I like that statistic. I think it's instructive. It is instructive. (laughs) Peter Dutton has tried to ban Nazi symbols nationwide, but was shut down by the government. So yesterday, Peter Dutton tried to suspend normal parliamentary business so a private member's bill could be introduced that would ban swastikas, salutes and Nazi uniforms. Um, He was backed by the Greens and a number of independents, but ultimately the vote failed because Labor didn't support it. Yeah, well, the leader of the House, Tony Burke, said that um, the government wouldn't support the bill because they hadn't had enough time to probably consider it. This just seems like a lot of politicking to me because a couple of days ago, Labor was accusing the coalition of not coming to the party on wanting to ban these symbols. Um, We've just saw yesterday Peter Dutton now saying, well, I'm introducing this bill and you're not coming to the party. Mm. So it's your fault. I think there's obviously some level of bipartisan support here for this stuff to be bandaged, just how it happens and who gets to claim victory for it. And who gets embarrassed along the way. Indeed. And an Australian first for intersex children, uh, children who sometimes undergo these irreversible medical procedures when they're too young to consent. So intersex people are born with sort of variations in sex characteristics where genitals or features such as breasts or facial hair don't necessarily fit the medical and social norms for what's considered a female or male body. I'm doing air quotes here. New legislation in the ACT, though, could ban unnecessary or irreversible surgery unless, there is a caveat, unless it's urgent. We endeavour to work 
with each individual to ensure that each person is respected, celebrated, and most importantly, given every opportunity to make their own decisions about their own body. That was ACT Chief Minister there, Andrew Barr. Yeah, the legislation still is going to be debated in the ACT Parliament, so it'll be interesting to see if there is bipartisan support for this. Yeah, as, as I did say um, uh, just a wee bit before, there are caveats here. So this, is, this law is not going to ban emergency medical procedures mm. for children, for example. It just allows uh, procedures that can be deferred to be deferred so that the person is of consenting age, essentially. And it's always interesting with the ACT because it tends to sometimes be a good test spot, test region Mm. of laws for Australia. The one that springs to mind is pill testing, Mm. just because it's happened relatively recently. Started in the ACT, I think now being tested in Queensland. Um, So it always kind of provides this sort of good ground to see whether laws could actually be expanded out nationally as well. And a third person has been charged after a group of LGBTQ activists were pelted with stones and glass by an angry Christian mob outside a church in Sydney on Tuesday. So around 15 rainbow activists were there to protest a speech by the New South Wales One Nation leader, Mark Latham. And then a group of around 250 people set upon them. Police say a 38-year-old man was pushed to the ground and assaulted, One officer was injured and riot police had to be called in. Um, And then we found out overnight that a third person has been charged in connection to this violence. So this is a bit of a concerning trend in Sydney, Jan, this aggressive group of Christian protesters tanking to the streets. Um, The Christian Lives Matter protesters were also involved in clashes outside George Pell's funeral. Yeah, I think there was also another incident uh, that they were involved in after uh, a joke was said on the project Mm. um, that they took uh, great offence to and they marched in Newtown shortly thereafter to sort of, you know, protest, I guess, um, Jesus being denigrated on on television as well. But yeah, we've we've heard a fair bit from this group and look, they've... As far as I know, they've sort of been active online for Mm. quite a bit of time. Um, But I think what's sort of happening in these recent examples that we give is slightly spilling more over into, you know, the public, coming into connection with police, for example, in this latest incident, um, and just becoming a little bit more well-known. All right. We'll catch you tomorrow, Jan. I'm about to go deep on the Donald Trump arrest that hasn't happened, but the indictment that may still happen. Donald Trump in handcuffs. It's an image that many people would be quite happy to see. But is the salivation over the prospect of his arrest actually playing straight into his hands? Trump claimed he was going to be arrested over the New York investigation into the 2016 hush money payment to former porn star Stormy Daniels, but it didn't happen. So what is going on? Let's get the background to this investigation. David Smith is a US politics junkie His actual job title is Associate Professor in American Politics and Foreign Policy at the US Study Centre at Sydney Uni. David, thanks for joining us. Let's try and work out what is the Trump hype machine and what is reality. So is there a realistic chance that he will be arrested at some point in the near future? There's a very good chance that he'll be indicted. That means that charges will be laid against him and he'll be required to appear in court. That doesn't necessarily mean that he'll be arrested, that is actually taken into detention by officials. 
he would be required usually to be fingerprinted and have a mugshot taken, although it's possible that he could do some deal with the district attorney that wouldn't require those steps so that his mugshot couldn't be used as election campaign fodder. But there is a very good chance that he will be indicted. Over the last couple of weeks, he was invited to testify before a grand jury, which is usually one of the final stages in an investigation before charges are actually laid. Okay, so tell us more about the investigation that's landed him in this situation. Uh, It surrounds the hush money paid to former porn star Stormy Daniels in the lead-up to the 2016 election, and Trump's former lawyer Michael Cohen has already served more than a year in jail over his role in that Mm. payment. What is being investigated now? So that hush money was not in itself a crime. It was the fact that it was entered into the books of the Trump organization as a legal expense that is the basis of the potential crime. That's a kind of minor fraud. Now, usually something like that would be considered a misdemeanor, but New York's district attorney is arguing that this is related to a more serious offence around electoral law, that this $130,000 was effectively a campaign contribution because it was made in order to help Trump's electoral chances. This, you might remember, happened in the lead up to the 2016 election. Trump has denied that he was actually having an affair with Stormy Daniels, says that she was extorting him. Uh, But nonetheless, the district attorney is arguing that this was effectively a way of helping Trump's campaign, but because it wasn't entered into the books that way, therefore it violates election law. And people have gone to jail in the past for violating election law in this way, but legal experts say that the specific connection the district attorney is making here is actually legally untested. That is, there's never actually been a prosecution for something quite like this before, which makes it a little bit risky to proceed with charges. If there's no example of this happening before, it might be difficult to get a conviction. So what would the charge actually be and what is the maximum sentence? Would he go to jail? Yeah, it's a violation of electoral law. The maximum sentence is four years, But that wouldn't mean that he would have to be sentenced to jail. A lot of observers say that he might not serve any jail time at all, that it's a relatively minor offence and that there'd be no need to actually sentence him to prison time. Right. So there may not be a conviction. Even if there is, he may not serve jail time. You said before that he won't be arrested in terms of handcuffed he'd actually just be coming in for questioning. So is this all completely overblown and complete hype? Because Elon Musk's response sort of indicated this was a massive flashpoint for Americans and that if he was arrested, he'd win in a landslide at the upcoming election. I think that this is largely hype. Trump was saying he's going to be arrested on Tuesday. And for Trump to say that he's going to be arrested... That sounds a lot more dramatic than saying he's going to be indicted. Trump used this as an opportunity to make Republicans come to his defence. So 
people like Mike Pence, his former vice president, Chris Sununu, the governor of New Hampshire, who's actually wanting to run against him in 2024. They went on to Sunday morning TV talk shows to say that this was an abuse of power and a weaponization of the legal system. After a couple of days, Ron DeSantis, who's Trump's likely chief rival in the primaries, also said that this was an example of the far left weaponizing the judicial system under a district attorney who's backed by George Soros, this financier who funds a lot of progressive causes. So this was very effective for Trump in forcing Republicans, including Republican rivals, to come to his defence. Yeah, I mean, for there to be a huge backlash, you'd, you'd have to assume there's at least as much support for him now as there was in the 2020 election or around even the 2021 January 6th coup. But you'd need even more than that. And, and isn't it more likely the case there's less support for him given more time has passed and, and his claims about the stolen election have been completely disproven and therefore he's lost a lot of credibility? Yeah, I would say he has lost quite a bit of support that will make it hard, probably not impossible, but hard for him to win in 2024. Because one of the reasons he lost in 2020 was that a lot of people who voted for Republican congressional candidates didn't vote for him. There's this crucial 5 to 10% of voters who consider themselves Republican who nonetheless couldn't bring themselves to vote for Trump. Now, given his attempts to overturn the election in 2020 and his continuing claims that the election was stolen from him by fraud, certainly those voters wouldn't be coming back to Trump in 2024. People who were sick of him and appalled by him at the 2020 election would be now even more so given everything that's transpired since then. So given what you've just explained to us about the background to um, the impending Trump indictment, if, if it does happen, mm. how should we read the news stories over the next few days so that we can strip away the hype and understand what's mm. really happening? Yeah, and certainly the media outlets are eager for drama here. I've been monitoring the American media outlets. They are just waiting for something to happen. This is a legal process. It's not going to be something that takes place in the court of public opinion. Even if there is compelling evidence that Trump was behind this payment to Stormy Daniels, that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be convicted for this. As I said, the prosecutor is actually going out on a bit of a limb connecting this fraud to a broader electoral offence. And it is not clear at all, even among people who want Trump to be held accountable for all kinds of things, that he's actually going to be convicted for this. This could turn out to be a bit of a miscalculation. So we've really got to see how the actual legal process plays out. So how long will that take? Will it be wrapped up before the election next year? And, and what if it's still in train during the election? Or what if he is convicted? Does that definitely mean he can't run? How does this play out when you overlay the timeline of this court case over the election timeline? It's very hard to say because there's never been an instance of a sitting president or a former president 
being indicted before. So this raises all kinds of complicated issues, including around, is it possible for a former president to get a fair trial under these normal circumstances? I mean, usually you try to find an impartial jury who aren't going to have any preconceived ideas about it. That's probably going to be quite difficult to do. And I guess speaking of everyone trying to milk as much drama out of this as possible from the you know, various political sides to the media. If the case goes ahead, will Trump have to testify and will that be televised? He would have to appear in court, but he wouldn't necessarily have to say anything. One of the political dynamics in all of this that people were talking about was people were wondering whether Trump would actually refuse to go to court in the first place. I think it's more likely that Trump wouldn't resist in that way he would turn up and not say anything. But Trump has such a long history of court cases. He and his lawyers know about and have used every single trick in the book that exists for saying as little as possible and dragging things out for as long as possible. And that's what I expect we would see. Which is a long way from the drama of imagining him being put into handcuffs on television, which, as you've explained, (laughs) is extremely unlikely, but I think even the image of that is creating this drama that's playing into Trump's hands. Yes, certainly Trump is benefiting uh, from this at the moment. He is raising money off this. He is using it to get Republicans back on his side. We have to remember that after the midterm elections, when he made his announcement that he was running for president, he looked weaker than he has looked for years. Almost no Republicans actually turned up to the announcement that he made at Mar-a-Lago. Polls showed him uh, trailing Ron DeSantis. Conservative media seemed to be turning against him. That's all changed over the last few weeks. He's really consolidated his support again. A lot of Republicans have fallen back into line behind him, and this helps him to achieve that. Now, it may well not help him in the long run at all. For people who might be on the fence about him, uh, the idea that he's under indictment, that might be the final nail in the coffin that means that they could never vote for him. But certainly in the short term, this kind of spectacle helps him. Yes, and that's that's why he was the one who announced to the world <laughs> that he believed that he was going to be arrested. That was David Smith from the US Study Centre. One thing I found really interesting in that interview was David Smith saying that this was a test to see how other senior Republicans would respond to this latest Trump controversy. And as we heard, Republicans as senior as Mike Pence quickly came out in support of Trump. So that indicates there might be more support for Trump within the Republican Party than many people realised. Listener. 